You're listening to the Complete Performance Systems Podcast, where we cover how to get really strong, increase sports performance, training, nutrition, rehab, and lifestyle. Hey guys, welcome to the Complete Performance Systems Podcast. I'm your host, Tyler Hackmackey, and I have here with me on episode 14, Justin Ochoa. In this episode, Justin talks about his background in personal training and running a gym. What starting a gym looks like from behind the scenes, how to create athlete and customer buy-in, minimizing to the essentials and equipment selection, dealing with overhead, adding multiple streams of revenue, and Justin's speaking opportunity at the Arnold. The Complete Performance Systems Podcast is sponsored by Boomerang Energy. Get your real good energy back with Boomerang, the natural energy drink. All right, Justin, you want to tell the listeners and viewers a little bit about you and who you are? Yeah, for sure, man. So uh, first off, appreciate you having me on the podcast and, you know, definitely looking forward to diving into several topics with you. So a little bit about me. Uh, I am one of the owners of Pace Fitness Academy here in Indianapolis. I started this with my partner, um, Eric Allen, my business partner, and we've been open for almost three years now. So coming up on, you know, I guess veteran status in the gym owner, in the gym owner realm. So um, before this, I was kind of like typical, you know, trainer starting off my career, just trying to find out the best places to train, you know, the best situation for me. I graduated from Ball State in 2012 and immediately went into, I actually majored in telecommunications, which is like big at Ball State because David Letterman went there. So they have this big, uh, they call it the TCOM school, which is like media, you know, uh, broadcasting, stuff like that. That's what I thought I wanted to do uh, because I was a, basically a a failed athlete at that time so I'm like if I can't play sports professionally I'll just talk about them you know and so I went into school there um about two years in I figured out that I just I it's not what I wanted to do I started missing sports uh I started missing you know being around that type of environment sports and teams and things coaches things like that so uh while I was, I think, a sophomore, I looked into changing my major to exercise science. And TCOM is a BA, exercise science is a BS. So basically, I would have had to start over fresh after two years of college. So I was like, no, nah, I'm not doing this. I just took classes that I could in, in, you know, in the field. So I actually didn't major in kinesiology or exercise science or anything like that. I just took the classes that I could tried to finish school as fast as I can. And, you know, the last two years I was kind of self-educating, you know, just getting certifications from, you know, the NASM or NSCA or whoever at the time that I could learn from reading freaking T Nation and Stack and just, you know, trying to self-educate myself because I knew that I didn't want to do what I was majoring in, but was kind of stuck in a situation where I couldn't, um, escape it without setting myself back too far so anyway all that is a long story short I got out of college I I worked in a radio at a radio station that I had interned previously for um, past couple summers I I worked there until 2014 until you know on the side I was training the whole time so from 2012 to 2014 I was at the radio station during the day training either early morning or at night did that until I could work up enough revenue to make it my full-time job and then um 2014 left the radio station went to this gym that had just opened locally that was looking for trainers and marketing people so I was like hey I can I can do both like I've been doing both for years now so I was there from 2014 to 20 like early 2017 and then left there started the process of you know opening the gym and uh that took you know all in about a year or so and then 
finally got open and it's been history ever since. You mentioned you're kind of a veteran in the space of opening a gym now after being in it for a couple of years. You want to kind of give some of the background story of maybe not some of the nice parts about opening a gym and uh, grinding behind the scenes, what that looks for like. Sure. Oh yeah. So, so background on that is that it was never really my dream to open a gym. Um, it, it was actually something that a lot of people had asked me about and I was always very adamantly against it. I don't want those responsibilities. I don't have that money. I don't have that time, you know, things like that. I never really wanted to open a gym. It was just, I got myself into a situation where I was, I was really starting to find myself in my career and figure out who, you know, what kind of coach I was going to be. And um, not that I have like a niche market or anything like that, but definitely was trying, I was starting to get more into the performance side of things. And um, there were just not a lot of options for me to do that. And I, and the gym that I was at, I was training NFL guys, you know, in a, in a basically like a commercial style gym. And so it just wasn't a good fit. So opening a gym became a solution to an issue that I had, you know, which is kind of like the start of any business or uh, invention or anything like that. You know, you have a problem and then you come up with, with a solution. And a lot of time that's a product or something like that. In this case, it was a gym. And while I say I, I never, it was my dream or it was never something that I wanted to do. Now it's very much something that I love and something that I'm, you know, super passionate about and obviously glad that I did it, but it was just funny how it it ended up more happening to me than something that I was, you know, just chasing from from the jump. So that's always one big thing that I like to tell people is is because I preface that just to to say all the, you know, the not so nice things that I'm about to tell you now, which is like, you know, I did so many things wrong and I'm still doing so many things wrong. Um, along the way, you know, I never want to give off the vibe that I know it all or, you know, am some sort of like expert in this space. I'm just kind of figuring it out as well as, you know, all the other business owners out there. I think it's really one of those things where, you know, I was just a, a good coach and, and an okay business person. And so, you know, now the coaching stuff is so easy. You know, it's like that's the stuff that's e the easy part. Um, the business part is really the tough part. That's where a lot of people fail. That's where a lot of coaches who open gyms will fail. And they could be the best coach ever with the best clientele and the best programs and all this. But if you suck at business, <laughs> that's what it is. It's a business, you know. So it's like that has to be the thing that succeeds at the end of the day. So couple of the things I mean right now is a hot topic right now is tax season so just the financials of a business is so different than you know most uh, other situations that you might find yourself in like renting booth space in a gym that already exists or being a staff on commission at a commercial gym or anything like that that's pretty you know clear cut and dry uh, when it comes to owning the business you know, everything has to be accounted for every little thing. You know, if you get paid cash one day, you can't just slap it in your pocket and be like, Oh, you know, this doesn't go on the books. I mean, you can, but it just makes things messy around this time of year when you're trying to figure out why, why your checks and balances aren't in order and, and you're not getting numbers that match. And, you know, when people are doing your taxes and spending, you spend money to pay them to do your taxes and it takes them more time then that's more money spent because you didn't do your job on the front end and, you know, get your shit together. So can I cuss on this, by the way? Sorry. <laughs> yeah, you're good. <laughs> so, yeah, I mean, some of the things, man, I, I mean, we could really go in depth on anything. Like there's, there's definitely ugly parts. There's two sides to every story, you know, as glorious as it is to be able to say you own something and, you know, build something from the ground up there is definitely a lot of struggles that go on with it from, you know, the financial piece was just fresh on my mind because we're filing taxes right now, but um, everything from the build out to the permits that you have to get to, to build it out to, you know, finding 
general contractors and subcontractors and, you know, just making sure everything is legally done correctly so it doesn't come back to bite you is another thing that a lot of people have to think about. Um, just the financial startup commitments that you have to have, uh, have to be in a place where you can either spend or borrow a lot of money. Um, it's just, you know, it's a scary thing. It's a, it's a big investment. And even though we, we are pretty minimalistic and got pretty bare minimum with it, it was still a lot of money and it was still a lot of money we didn't have. So having to go to the bank and, you know, get a small business loan or, you know, whatever avenues gym owners choose, you could have a private investor, you could have money saved. Um, everybody has a different situation, but it's, it's really, you start a gym, you have clients that follow you from wherever you came from, but then you have this overhead that you never had before. And so it's a whole new challenge. You have to get people in, you have to think about marketing, you have to think about retention strategies. You have to think about, um, you know, Google reviews and making sure everybody's on point and, and taking care of your longtime clients as much as you're taking care of the people that you're trying to entice and impress to get in for the first time. So it's, uh, it's definitely way harder than I ever thought. And I don't mean that as like a bad thing. I love a good challenge and I, I love how it's going. And, and I think that we're in a solid place and, and growing at an appropriate rate, but it's just way, way, way harder than I ever thought it would be. Um, and for better or worse, you know, it's, you know, I think who would want to do it if it was easy, you know, everybody be doing it. So it's one of those things where it's like, once we get to a point where um, we're, you know, we're, we're really close to turning that page to that next level where it's like, right now we're doing good. We're doing well, but I think there's a next level that we can reach. And that's where, that's when it gets real. When you start to bring on staff or some type of additional help, now you got payroll. Now you have hours, you know, you're responsible for other people's wages. And that is the next step that we're looking forward to slash terrified to get to. So yeah, man, that's, uh, I don't know if that directly answered your question, but that, there's just a lot, man. There's a lot to go that goes into it. And it's, it's really fun. It's scary at the same time, but it's what you do and it's what you love to do. And it's a vision that even if nobody else sees or nobody else understands, you know, Eric and I, we have a vision that we, like we're going to do it and we're going to die trying. So that's the mentality that you have to have. You mentioned gyms having a large overhead and uh, you guys taking a uh, minimalistic uh, approach when getting the equipment and doing the build out. Do you want to kind of talk that over and maybe some things you would change from an equipment standpoint uh, if you did it around too? Yeah, yeah, for sure. So um, what we did for the build out basically and this I'll try to like keep it as general as possible without like taking you through the entire process of like what we had but we had a building that we found and we liked it and it had been vacant vacant for uh, about 12 years and so you know it needed a lot of uh, renovations um, so this is a big mistake that we made that I think I'm comfortable sharing on this platform because, you know, I think it's valuable for anybody that might be in the same situation, but we had previously, you know, uh, building owners are not just chomping at the bit to get gyms in because gyms have a reputation of failing. And typically what will happen is if you are in commercial real estate and you're looking for a space, let's say, you're a uh you you're an insurance business and you've been in business for five years and you're looking for a new space if you would have found my building where where our gym is right now the landlord would have probably given you 30 to fifty thousand dollars out of his pocket to build it out and and you know he might retroactively work that into rent so your rent might be a little bit higher than mine is, but they'll give you that money for the build out because they need a tenant and the building is crap currently. So that's the trade-off. 
so insurance agency comes and, and they're like, hey, you know, we like this building. We want to turn it into our new office. Um, how much money would you give us for the build out? And, you know, what does rent look like? Stuff like that. So typically it's very opposite in my experience for a gym. We were told by numerous building owners, like, we don't want a gym here. You know, it's too much risk on my part. If I invest thirty to $50,000 in your build out and you fail, then I'm stuck with this place that looks like a gym. And then the only thing that can go in is another gym and then they'll fail again. And then I'm in this cycle as a, as a commercial real estate owner where I'm not, I'm not getting tenants. And so they have all the leverage. So what you, what you would need is, you know, a good track of business and or a lot of money. <laughs> so we didn't have any of that. We had zero business experience and, and no, um, you know, brick and mortar gym that we were coming from. And then we didn't have a lot of money either. So what it was, was this is the gym or this is the building. This is the rent. You're responsible for everything. So right now looking back, yeah, that's a bad move. Like we basically flipped his building for him. We spent all this money renovating it. Um, so now let's say we leave, well, it could be anything we, you know, it's just a big open box now with new heating, new bathrooms, new walls, this and that, where typically if it were a better, if it were a business that were, you know, more established, he, he would have done that for us. He would have built that out for us. So that's the biggest thing that was eye opening for me where, Sure. Like, let's say we leave and we upgrade, right? The, the stuff that we bought can mostly be taken with us. The squat racks, all that stuff can be taken with us, the equipment. But what can't be taken with us is the new ceiling that we put in, you know, to make it more open. Uh, the bathrooms that we move back to give more floor space. The, these are things that enhance the value of his building that may eventually lead him to another tenant that we paid for. So it's like, looking back, like that's a big issue, but first time you don't know what you don't know. You know what I mean? So we basically flipped this building for him. So if we ever leave, then it's more valuable than it was when we got here. Um, so he wins. And a lot of time the landlord will win because they're a landlord. Like you're, you're, uh, you're kind of at their, they have the advantage in a lot of ways. So, and, you know, a 10 year gym owner might be listening to this and be like, Oh, well, that's dumb. You shouldn't have done that. Well, you know, I realize that now that's one of, one of many of the things that, you know, you can look out for. But like you, like I said, if you don't have real estate experience, you don't know, if you don't have business experience, you don't know. The only way to get that experience is just go through it and do it. And, um, it worked out. I mean, we'll be here for a while. It's, it's not like we have anything uh, against the building or the, uh, we love, you know, the working with the group that we work with, but it's just, you know, it's all part of the game. Like they got one on us this time. And so if we ever go anywhere else, now we know some of the things to look through. Um, but anyway, yeah, you find a building, you, you get your, your, uh, basically a contractor to come in there with you and, and you're telling them, Hey, this is our vision what can you do with our idea and how much will it cost? You know, at, at the most simple explanation, it's kind of way deeper than that, but at that's basically what you're asking. We want to do this with this. We want to go, you know, move this to here and do this. So you might have to look at electricity. You might have to look at some plumbing changes, uh, heating and cooling changes, things like that. Uh, you know, do as much of it as you can on your own. I mean, we, we busted out the ceiling ourselves. We busted out the floor for the plumbing ourselves. We painted the whole place ourselves. We, anything that I could do or Eric could do, especially Eric, cause he's more of a, uh, you know, he's more of a savvy guy with the construction stuff than I am. Uh, we would do it ourselves to save money. So basically contractor gives you a quote. If you have the money, you pay it. If you have, uh, SBA loan, you send it to your agent, they sign off on it, they cut the check directly to the contractor, the work gets done, hopefully right on the first time, and you know, 
there's some permits and behind the scenes stuff that happens. Um, that's kind of even still to this day above my head where it's like, you have to have permits to do certain things. You have to have a certain zoning permit to even be a gym in a certain area. You have to have, um, you know, basically permission from the, from the, the government or the state or the city or the county or whatever you're working with at that time to, you know, do whatever changes to the building that you're doing. And uh, they have to sign off on that contract. And that's not a quick process at all. That's like a um, more of a contractor process where they'll draw it up um, and their systems that they use. And, and it's really, it's actually kind of cool. I mean, you could see the blueprints of everything they do. And it's, again, it's way over my head because I'm not a construction guy, but it's, it's cool how they work. You know, we, we got blessed with a good contractor who did everything awesome and there was no major slip ups uh, along the way, but yeah, that's, that's kind of the process for that. Um, as far as equipment goes, we, we went through, we made a wish list on rogue. We decided we just wanted to be outfitted by rogue. We didn't want to go looking for, you know, seven different vendors. Uh, even if it costs a little extra, you get it from the same, person it's just easier you know it's just easier um, I'm not saying that's the right way if you're looking to save money it's probably not the best but that's what we chose we kind of wanted to have a theme and an and outfit so got with Rogue um, got with a, a customer you know like a direct salesperson instead of getting on, on their site and just going crazy I mean just work directly with people that's another big thing is like you know, if you go on somebody's site and you just look at stuff that they have a price, right? But if you talk to somebody directly and you're like, Hey, I'm a gym, I'm going to be spending 15 to $30,000 on equipment. Like, can we work together in any way? They have deals and, and certain pricing available. That's not public that you can take advantage of to um, save some cash. So uh, we ended up going with road. We basically, we had a budget in mind. Um, you know, we basically started all this stuff years in advance with a business plan, obviously a business plan, uh, pretty detailed, like, like 40 something pages, um, strict number budget. So we, we kind of had a blueprint, you know, we knew what we were capable of and we, we knew what would be too much. So we made a wish list of all the equipment that we wanted. And then we were like, yeah, that's about triple the amount of we wanted to spend. <laughs> so then we went and revised it and we, we tried to get it down again. Okay. Now we're at like, you know, you know, I don't know, double what we want to spend. Okay. We're cutting stuff out. So just keep cutting it down and taking out the non necessities until you get to that number that you're comfortable spending. And then that's when we took that list and we went to rogue and we work with their staff to, to get that stuff or similar things that we, you know, that they provided. And, um, and then you just cut that check and wait for Christmas to come early. Once you have an established gym and you are established in the community, how do you uh, get your name out there and create buy-in uh, with your clients? So, um, I mean, I think the biggest thing, the thing that we are best at, above all else, you know, anything that has to do with training or X's and O's or, you know, any type of physical preparation is creating relationships. Um, that's something that I think has been able to help us and set us apart, whether it be from competition or whatever, however you want to look at it. I just think that people come here and Eric and I have a, you know, a network, I guess, of people and just creating good relationships. And everybody knows that comes to train with us. Yes, we know our stuff. Like, yes, we know the X's and O's. But every trainer does to an extent, I think. So well, some don't, but you know how that goes. But, you know, I think the relationship piece is so, so important. And, you know, being able to have people trust you, have people know that you have their best interests in mind. It's not a transactional relationship. It's a, you know, a results-based relationship or an outcome-based relationship where you want that person 
to succeed, not because uh, they pay you more, not because it makes good marketing for you to say, oh, yeah, we got a, a, two Olympic qualifying women's basketball players on Instagram. That's, that is just a subdivision of us giving props where props are due. I think the relationship piece is they know if they fail and flat, like go flat on their face, never become anything in sports or never progress in any way, which is, is unlikely but can happen, that we still got their back and that we still love them and we still have their best interests in mind. And I don't know how, um, how people – would teach that I just think it's just being authentic you know I think uh, Brett Bartholomew's book Conscious Coaching is great he does a great job at teaching it um, but even parts of that I'm like damn I've been doing that since I was you know 12 because my dad taught me manners you know what I mean and, and it's like sad that some people don't have that naturally um, but I just think being authentic is the number one thing and being transparent and just keeping it real with people and having other people's best interests in mind when you get into this profession and get into a, a, a service-based profession where you're, you know, you're, you're serving others and it's a, you get paid a lot in, in gratitude and you get paid a lot in seeing other people win and seeing other people do well, maybe not monetary gains, but like emotional and mental gains. So being able to just acknowledge that that has helped us a lot with, um, I guess you would call it client retention, but really it's just, you know, people wanting to be around and because they believe in us like we believe in them. So number one thing is, you know, keep it, keep it real, keep it authentic, keep it very transparent and just love people and, and try to support them in whatever phase of life they're in, whether they're an NFL athlete or a nine-year-old who's just trying to learn how to skip and can't figure it out. Like they just need that support and need to know that you, you know, that you've got their back and no matter what, you know, that's the arrangement. It doesn't matter. Like there's people that have come um, and just train one time, you know, Hey, I'm in town, you know, like whether it's like, like an NBA guy or something, I'm in town. I want to check you out. Some of my teammates or friends play here. Like, I used to be like, oh, what can you get out of one training session? You know, it, everything has to be cumulative. It has to be a program, like 12 weeks, 16 weeks, whatever. But, you know, now I'm like, yeah, come in. Like, let's create a, a connection. And, may, yeah, maybe I can help you fix a little tiny tweak on your squat or your deadlift or whatever. But who cares? Like, I want to meet you. So that way I have a connection with you as a human. And that way if I ever – you know, if you ever need me or I need you in any kind of capacity beyond sports, then now we're connected. And now we have a, a friendship or a relationship in some way where, so I guess that's just a long way of saying how you get community buy-in and how you get, you know, client buy-in and yourself out there is just through uh, connections and, and being authentically connected with people with no expectations back zero expectations like i if i could dude i would train everybody for free like if i honestly i would like as long as my lights are on dude i don't care like i'll just i'll train everybody for free if i could one day eventually hopefully i can but it's one of those things where you just have to have people know that you're not bullshitting and you know they know that you mean it when you say like hey i got your back you know, stuff like that really means a lot, not only to athletes, um, obviously generation or general population, but, you know, everybody, you know, everybody likes to feel like they have somebody that they can trust and really like fall back on and um, somebody that has their best interest in mind, no matter what, because for some people that might be the, you might be the only person that they have that's like that. Um, you know, not everybody has great relationships with family, friends, you know, things like that. That's something that I think a lot of people take for granted is how much support or excuse me, how little support some people really have in their lives. So if they're leaning on you for that support, 
I think it's an honor and I think we should really take it seriously. And that will show you don't even have to do anything that will just show it'll be something like, Hey, I know that guy cares. I want to go to his gym. I want to hang out with him. I want to train with him. I want to hire him, whatever the case is. I love that perspective on it. Um, do you want to kind of touch on the branding of a gym um, and the personal branding of yourself and how you manage that across online um, and all the streams? Yeah, for sure. So um, that's something that, oh man, I just, I got to get better at that. Like trying to figure out this whole internet thing. Um, like it, you said before we started, you're kind of an introvert and I kind of, honestly I, I am as well like I when I'm not in the gym when I like I, I bring good energy wherever I go I try to at least but when I'm at home like I like to just chill you know I don't I don't like to go out or I'm just kind of keep to myself now I, I wasn't always like that but I definitely have found myself kind of just keeping to myself more and maybe it's more of like a self-reflection type of phase but it's something I need to do better at is just getting more out there like branding wise and personal image wise and, and, and doing the whole Instagram thing. Cause I think that there's, there's a lot of potential there. Like you can really like open up opportunities for yourself, whether it be speaking engagement, sponsorships, or just general like awareness or word of mouth of who you are and what you do. But what we've done so far is, you know, really just focus on content and getting stuff out there. I used to be really, picky with content and just like spend an hour like writing a caption and then not even post it because I it wasn't perfect and I'm but something that Gary Vaynerchuk always talks about is just posting it like even if it sucks just post it because it's content and it gets out there and somebody will identify with it even if you get a hundred bad comments one person might like it and that's really why we're doing this Excuse me, my phone just rings. Out of nowhere, the business line starts ringing. Not sure if you guys can hear that, but um, it's funny because nobody ever calls that phone except when I'm on a podcast, which is great timing. But sorry. Okay, so yeah, the 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 thing that I've learned from him is just post it because somebody will identify with it and somebody will like it and somebody is going to get a lot out of it. So even if it's not the masses, you're in it for, you know, changing somebody's life or helping somebody. So that's the end goal. Um, and that's what, that's kind of what we've approached it with and how we've focused on uh, really just posting content and, and giving a little bit of context and saying, if you want to learn more, this is how you can find us. This is where we are. Um, if you're not in Indianapolis, we can still help. We have some online systems, things like that. And it used to be so much more complex, like breaking down the, every video of every deadlift and, and posting it and not posting it if it's not a perfect rep. But I've really moved away from that philosophy and just post stuff. Sometimes it's just a lift with it doesn't even say anything educational. It's just, Hey, this guy crushed it. Good job. You know, like <laughs> it, and that's might not provide value to a strength coach, but somebody who's been scared to join a gym might see it and be like, Hey, if they can do it, I can do it. So things like that. Um, I think really the, the approach is, you know, just stop second guessing yourself and get the stuff out there be prepared to deal with whatever comments good or bad that you get you know you you know you believe in what you do you know what you're doing is great and at the end of the day somebody 500 miles away on the internet with no context of the situation the client or or anything like that what you know they don't know so they don't know if it was a bad rep like how bad was the one before they started coaching you know what i mean so that's the things that I used to be scared of that now I'm like, screw it. I'm putting it up there. And I know for a fact that if somebody says anything that offends, not even me, but that would offend the client that's in the video, I got, I'm confident in what I do. So I, I'm, I can uh, re-educate that commenter on why they're, they should have kept to themselves.
You mentioned uh, training people online. Do you want to talk about um, having a physical gym and how you bring in additional revenue revenue streams to it? Yeah, for sure. So that's something that we're we're really about to start making a big push on, and we're about to we have some beta testers for our online program right now, um, which has been great. We've we've been working with one guy for about six months, and then working with another guy for about two, and we the reason why we haven't really publicized it is because we we really wanted to get like a system down to where it's uh just a little bit easier for everybody not not even like i'm trying to cut time but just want it to be easy on the client and ourselves since it's just eric and i we don't want to get like 100 clients and then just be like giving cookie cutter stuff out there you know so we wanted a system down um, we had a couple things that we wanted to like fine tune and these guys, these two guys have been great to work with and they're easy and they're pretty, I would, I always joke with one of them, I call them low maintenance. Cause like sometimes I'll ask him like how his lift went and he won't even text me back. And I'm like, dude, you're supposed to be sending me videos and I'm supposed to be getting your form breakdowns. And he's just like, I'm just appreciative for the program. Thank you. I love it. Like, so he's low maintenance, you know, they're not always going to be like that, but that's why we wanted to kind of beta test because as you know, I mean, everybody has different personalities. Everybody has different needs and levels of understanding of exercises and things like that. So he's one of those guys where he's like to go on rants sometimes so um that is something to look forward to you know from us is this online platform that we're going to end up launching and then we're also in talks right now this you'll be the first person i tell about this i don't even know if it's 100 percent yet but we're we're kind of looking at like retail space in our gym so we have like some unused space that we've gone back and forth on what could be there. We've had a squat rack there. Nobody ever used it. We've had uh, turf there. It was too close to the wall to slow down without like almost breaking your wrist on the wall. Like what can go in this space? So we, we've talked to a couple of people and here, like the shoe culture is, is pretty big. And so we're, we're really thinking about turning it into like a little mini boutique shoe store for limited Jordans, Nikes, uh, you know, high end shoes, not like something that we're going to, you know, make a ton of money on, but just something cool and unique that somebody might not notice our gym, but if they're looking for the new Jordan threes that are a limited release and, and we have them then they might come through and, you know, and it's, again, it's more people to connect with, even if you don't want to exercise or train, but let's say that person might need or might know somebody a year later, that's a basketball player that's looking for a gym to train at in the off season, they'll know about us. And so that'll give us a chance. And so that's something that we're really close to pulling the trigger on. We just got to make sure that um, we, we just, can handle it financially and something that I, I know the the demand will be there. I know that it'll work out. I, it's just a matter of what the build out looks like and what it, what it would it be like basically a little shoe store in the back of our gym, like, like 20 pairs of shoes, but all very uh, like sought after pairs of shoes. So things like that are additional revenues you can do podcasts like this uh, where you can eventually get sponsorships or start to monetize your YouTube content, monetize, uh, what do they call it? Like affiliate links and stuff like that. Like anything that is like a branch of the tree. If the tree is fitness or the tree is the gym, it can have branches because you're not just a trainer. You're not just a gym. You're a human. You got other hobbies and different things that you like to do. And you can mesh those in with what you do every day. So for me, I like shoes. The guys that I train love shoes. That's their thing. A lot of younger, you know, younger athletes love shoes. 
They love the Jordans. They love rare Nikes and all kinds of stuff like that. So, and I'm interested in that. And it's also something that could be a really, really cool addition to the gym. So we're, we're really, really close to that idea. And that would be the biggest probably um, side revenue, I guess. But for the most part, trying to get the online stuff going and then just trying to figure out what your branches could be. What, what could, what is related to what you do in a way that it's not like totally weird to add to your business or, or add to something, you know, one of your services. So we used to have, we, we used to have a recovery. We used to have Norma tech boots here. So that's another side revenue piece. We used to have a meal service that we partnered with that was, you know, some side revenue for meal prep. Um, and then your network that you're, that you might have, uh, finders fees with like if you send a chiropractor a new patient he might give you a kickback things like that anything within your network anything that is relatable to the gym itself I think is fair game and you know I think those the multiple streams of revenue is where everything's going right now while I absolutely need the gym to be the best one and the, the you know the one that I focus on the most I think having side hustles is very very smart and plus i'm the type of person that i can't just not do something i have to just always be doing something i can't if i have extra time which i don't anymore thanks to my kids but when i did have extra time it was like i was always trying to find something to do something to get myself into whether it be not only to make money but just to meet people or learn about whatever it was, things like that. You brought up speaking engagements and I don't want to steal too much of it here before it comes up, but uh, the Arnold, the Arnold's coming up. Do you want to give a little um, preview on uh, what you got coming up there? Definitely. Definitely. So at the Arnold, um, we're going to be, I'm going to be talking about RPR, which I know you're big into. And the presentation is called um, Neurological Before Mechanical. And so it's, it's going over this model where we live in a very mechanical model. You know, if, you're, if your glutes aren't firing, then you got to get your glutes activated with clamshells and uh, glute bridges and things like that. <laughs> that. But that doesn't really activate them. So as you know, RPR is a series of wake up drills, um, you know, basically trigger points throughout your body that you, you hit to optimize the firing pattern of a muscle or a muscle group. So the one for the glutes is on the back of the head. So instead of going straight to your clamshells or straight to your, your band walks or glute bridges, you hit the RPR trigger point or the RPR wake up drill before those mechanical movements. Now you've got your firing pattern in order first. It's like math, like the order of operations. Um, what was it? Pimbus, please excuse my dear aunt Sally or whatever. So you got parentheses or, you know, what I don't even remember. I haven't messed with that in a long time, but the, 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 neurological before mechanical is the new order of operations for how we do training let's hit the trigger point or the wake-up drill so we can optimize that firing pattern at a neurological level at a not a muscular level not a mechanical level where it's like soft tissue work or activation work it's at a neurological level coming straight from your your brain to the systems in place to get that muscle to fire. So now everything you do that's mechanical is way more effective. And so that's, that's what the, the premise is. And that's really what RPR is about. And uh, I've talked with some of those guys about, you know, some of the things that they want me to, to say, cause they, you know, I'm not paid by RPR. I'm not on behalf of them. I'm going and presenting on my own findings but also have a good relationship with those guys from hosting clinic here um, or clinics here. And so they've given me some great ideas and some great uh, 
learning tools that I can pass on to the people that will be at, at the Arnold. So the first probably 30 minutes of it is going to be me um, showing them RPR, the wake up drills, zone one, two, and three, which are basically the essentials of level one. So what I'll do is it's going to be really fun. Actually, I can't wait. So how it's going to be set up is I'm going to come, but I'm going to start off by just pre and post testing somebody. So that way I've got your attention <laughs> because as you know, it's going to, it's going to wow some people. and It's going to be like, what did he just do? Okay. Now I'm ready to learn. So I'm going to show off a couple pre and posts live on people that I don't know. And then I'm going to, I'm going to go into what RPR is. I'm going to go into why we use it, what we use it for, who can benefit all those things, just the basics. And then I'm going to talk about, let's, let's, learn how to put it into action right now because I'm not going to, I can't certify you guys. You still have to go to RPR cert, certification clinic to get certified. You're going to know the drills, but I'm not going to give you the whole recipe because that's not fair to RPR. And, and I can't certify you. I don't work for them. I just have used it. So we're going to build a warm up. So I'm going to, basically it's going to be a bunch of strength coaches and bodybuilders and fitness enthusiasts and, I'm going to just say, let's create your warm-up. So they're all going to probably build a warm-up based on mechanical things. And so I'm going to have some people do that warm-up and then I'm going to have people do RPR and we're going to see who's more, like who's, who's warm, like who's ready to lift. You know what I mean? So who's, so we're going to pre and post test those people so that we can see the difference between the mechanical only model versus neurological plus mechanical equals now we're ready to rock. So I, the big thing is I don't want people to think that a typical warm up is not needed. I just want people to know how much better that warm up can be for you when you've got your firing patterns optimized at the neurological level. So we'll it'll be really interactive. It's it's super hands on. It's really I'm going to let for like the last half of the class, like they're pretty much running it. I'm going to ask people, Hey, if we're having a deadlift, here's a workout that we're doing. What would your warm up look like for this workout? Some of them might just say like, I'm going to couple arm swings and, you know, you know, a couple rows and now I'm ready to go. So we're really going to see what people think about warming up for different levels of exercise. And Hopefully I can educate people on why RPR can not only cut your warm up time down, but make it more effective and make your workouts uh, less, whether it be less painful, more weight, um, less risk of injury, things like that. How RPR can do that through simple drills that I think are just so easy that if you don't do them, if you know them and don't do them, I just, it's just crazy. I don't know why you would, why you would not do RPR to be honest. No, I completely agree. I think it's going to be really cool. Um, just based on how you describe how the presentation is going to go. Um, one final question Hopefully for you. It, goes smooth. <laughs> <laughs> it should wall. Uh, one final question here. Uh, if you could go back and change anything, um, just in your fitness career here, whether it's developing a gym or, how you went about acquiring the knowledge you have, what would you uh, go back and change or do over? Dude, to be honest, I wouldn't change anything. I wouldn't change anything because, and, and I don't want that to sound like I did everything right. I did so many things wrong. That's why I wouldn't change anything because like to me, if you want to learn you want to grow and you want to develop, you have to learn things for yourself. You have to learn the hard way. It sucks in the moment, but that's how you grow. And especially like working with athletes, right? Mental toughness is like this big buzzword and people do all these hard ass workouts to, to train mental toughness. And it's like, you can't do that to the, the way to get mentally tough is to go through some shit and you have to have adversity and then you have to just figure it out. And so while yes, I could, I could look back and give you some advice on, you know, some do's and don'ts and some things, mistakes that I made, like we talked about, but 
in the end, I don't think I would change anything because all of those things were learning experiences that got me to where I am today. And while I don't consider myself successful yet or established yet or at a point where I'm comfortable, I'm very much still working towards that. I would be way further from the, from this point where I'm at if I went back and changed things because I wouldn't have learned a lot. I wouldn't have gone through as much shit as I did, not only in this gym process, but just in life in general, you know, just having things, adversity, not go your way um, from your childhood on up, I think is obviously horrible in the moment, but long-term, I think it really gives you the tools that you need to be uh, really, really well-rounded as an individual, both mentally, physically, and emotionally. And you build that, that toughness, that resilience, so that when you encounter things in your life that don't go your way, you know you can get through them. And to me, that's more important than having things handed to you or have the easy way. Justin, do you want to give uh, listeners a place where they can find you? Yeah. So um, <laughs> this is funny because like my website, I used to have a personal website. JustinOchoa.com is officially expired. So don't go there. That expired today, actually. I, I'm not renewing. So GoDaddy can suck it. And um, you can find me on basically any social media platform, Justin Ochoa 317. It's Ochoa is O-C-H-O-A. Um, I'm on Twitter, Facebook, and Instagram with that. You know, if you want to know anything about the business, pacefitnessacademy.com is our website. We're also on all the social medias as Pace Fit Academy. And yeah, we're super responsive. Love to hear from anybody who either listens to this or knows about us from, from anything. Just again, like connecting with people and like chatting with people about all things, training, business, fitness, or just life in general. So that'd be the best way to get a hold of me. If you want to send me an email, it's uh, Justin at pacefitnessacademy.com. And we are looking for an intern right now. So if you're looking for an internship, holler at me. Thank you for taking the time to be on today. Absolutely, man. I appreciate you having me. It was tons of fun chatting. The Complete Performance Systems Podcast is sponsored by Boomerang Energy. Get your real good energy back with Boomerang, the natural energy drink.